It's the night of St. Hallow's Eve. Join us, if you dare. As some scares are on their way to the square. So lock your doors and turn out the lights. Because in Walford, things are about to go bump in the night. I'm on the verge of death. And I'm a scary man in a mask. And this is the Wolford Weekly Podcast. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Wolford Weekly Podcast, your weekly EastEnders podcast, where this week we'll be discussing the episodes that were released on the BBC in the UK from Monday the 25th to Friday the 29th of October. And as you can tell... This is a Halloween show, so we're both all dressed up and ready to party. But before we do, we have to introduce the man, the mask, the person. Who could he be? <coughs> Hi. <laughs> yes, it's me. Hello, everybody. I tell you what, this, this this isn't even a costume. This is just what I tend to wear on a Friday night. It's fetish night so, uh, tomorrow night, so I thought I'd just pull it out early for Halloween. Hello, how are you? <laughs> Oh. Hello, Rob. Yes, I'm very well, thank you. Look at us. Look at us all dressed Hello? up. Look at this. Look like, at this. This is, this is <laughs> such an occasion. And the makeup. Look, I, I, I yeah. want people to appreciate Prosthetics. my makeup here. I'm not saying your your hair. Your hair yeah, no, is the hood's going just straight on point, back I can on. tell. The, the hood. The hair is scarier <laughs> than the outfit. Trust me. Yes, yes. This is us all dressed up for Halloween because we thought, why not? If you can't, if you're not watching, you're just listening. Then it's a shame, really, because um, Alex is dressed up. Yeah. Well, we're, both, we're both dressed up basically as characters from Squid Games. You know, this show that we were on about a couple of weeks ago that we're both obsessed with. So we thought that we'd hire. Uh, well, not hire. We'd buy. Uh, some outfits. It was a it was a bit scary at one point because we didn't think Alex's was going to arrive on time. So I was just going to sit here in in this, and Alex was going to dress up as a vampire or something, which might have looked a tad random, but you know. Uh, and also, if you're just listening, I and you've never and you've never gone on the YouTube. I'm six foot tall with uh, luscious blonde hair and a six pack. So that go. is true. That is true. Mm. However, that 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 fantasy is now shattered because I'm sure a lot of people are interested to see what we look like for our Halloween special. And uh, although yeah. you are sat down, so yes. we must say that Rob is sat down at the moment. So he's not actually stood up right now. So he isn't half the size of a door frame. So you know, he's you know, he's fine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> got my new sign, by the way. Look at this. I got this. I got this offline and decided to stick it on the wall. Yeah. A new Albert Square sign. It'll go well when I've re- proper redecorated my room. Anyway, well, we're we're doing Halloween. You've been so even busy, if, Rob. I know I have. We're doing Halloween, even if EastEnders didn't choose to do Halloween this week. But we'll keep the spirit alive. Yeah, <laughs> dead, I know. Were. I thought that too. I thought it was such a letdown yeah. that there was nothing Halloweeny at all. And I thought they must be doing something on Friday. Just just watching a child doing trick or treat or anything. Have Pearl yeah. like walking past in a sheet over her head or something like that. Just anything. Nothing. But no, nothing at all was celebrated on EastEnders. I thought that was a real shame. However, that's yeah. not what's happened in the past of EastEnders because we're going to yet again delve into Lou Bill's suitcase. So as we do every week, we're looking at an episode that happened in this week in the past of EastEnders. And I thought it makes sense that we have a Halloween episode. And why not the very first ever Halloween episode, which was aired on 31st of October, 1985, where the residents of the square all get right into the festivities of the holiday and join in for Halloween. Most notably, Sharon decides to play lots and lots of pranks on Wixie because it's his first day at the Vic. Uh, More on that in a second. But also Lou has a nice Fowler Halloween party where Pete and Mary is there and Pauline and Arthur, my favourite character, are all there, all apple bobbing and lighting candles. And Ethel turns up dressed up as a witch to do some trick-or-treating. So she can earn money for the fireworks display. I mean, Rob, you've never seen this episode before. I have watched it when they were yes. re-airing them on drama. I re-watched it last night to see it again. It gave me such a nostalgic feel. It was lovely to see them again. Such simpler times. Such simpler times. But Rob, as 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 yeah, how did what did you think? 
Well, I watched it this morning, and frankly, there was nothing more terrifying than Sharon's 80s hairdo. Nobody else needed to dress up, because that is quite <laughs> that is quite a do, isn't it? It's quite a weave. Um, yeah, it was a nice little episode. I quite liked um, Ethel going around dressed as a witch, and nobody being... The thing is, Den has seemed to be able to tell who was under each mask, with no problems at all. Like, people would come in and out of the bit wearing different masks, and they'd be like, all right, Ali, all right, Steve, yeah, cheers, all right, Pete. Not, not, a, not a single thing. Um, but yeah, and then there was Lou uh, sorting out apple bopping. Apple bopping? Bop, bop, bop. Um, apple bobbing uh, out of a... Um, <laughs> go up to the rear, Bob. Uh, out of, uh, bless, bless, a little, like, 80s little washing up bowl. The simplest little thing you could possibly imagine. I mean, those were simpler days, weren't they? They really were. And just pulling mm. out apples out of that. And then she started... And then they started doing this thing. I've never heard of this game before. This thing with candles. And, like, apparently it was something like the, the last I candle to go out. Yeah, the last candle to go out, uh, you get a wish. And Lou could feel it in her waters, yeah. apparently. Uh, that Michelle's candle was going to be the last to go out because Michelle hasn't had the best 1985. And I'm sure that uh, her wishes would also start coming true in the future years. Not. Um, but yeah, it was a sweet it was a sweet little episode. You had things like, um, you know, like you say, Wixie was starting uh, his first day at the Vic and Sharon was determined to uh, do lots of pranks. So when up. we say pranks, yeah, mm. when we say pranks, we're, we're again back in the 80s, full and proper, you know, rubber rats and rubber spiders and things like <laughs> yes, itching yes. powder and worms that you could stick in a glass of water that would just like appear like you know those little uh, yeah so it was all very <laughs> odd all very odd indeed and then of course all the other stuff are going on like angie trying to get on top of uh, marriage counseling for her and den but no one was yeah. in, but, like she couldn't she couldn't mm-hmm. get through so there was it, it felt like there was a lot going on it there was a duff duff with two characters i had zero clue about andy and debbie didn't really know a huge amount about them but they seem to be on the rocks <laughs> So, yeah, please tell me. I want me. to ask you about Andy and Debbie. Yes. Andy and Debbie, when Ben and I were watching Classic EastEnders, like, we, we, this was, like, we, I was two when EastEnders first came out. Um, and so, you know, I didn't really watch it from the, the early 80s. So to watch them, it was, it was a real joy. And Andy and Debbie were always a butt of jokes between Ben and I on Twitter and on the show because we just thought they were the worst couple especially debbie i mean the stories that happened to debbie and when andy spoiler alert if you haven't seen it but when uh, andy dies by saving a child's life so an admirable death uh, yeah he gets knocked down by a lorry um oh. because he saves a child who runs in the middle of the road to grab his football um uh debbie literally spends about three months in mourning just walking around <laughs> the square going is, is everything okay i i hope it's okay so andy and debbie can Literally, they stole that duff duff. I think that duff duff should yeah. have been just a, a moment between Nick and Kathy because Nick is blackmailing Kathy as well, isn't he? Because yes, yes. He knows Kathy's secret that she's got what another daughter. Secret? So, oh, um, so she was black. He was blackmailing. I wonder what that was about. So, so he's blackmailing money out of his old good old yeah. Nick, good old Nick, the king of Halloween, yeah, as it were. I know. So yeah, quite a nice, <laughs> quite a nice little episode, all in all. However, this week, like we said, we didn't have a huge amount of Halloween stuff this week, but it could be argued. That there were certainly some monsters on the square this week. Oh, oh, Rob, what a link. What a link. <laughs> we're going to start off maybe with the queen of the monsters then. And that is Janine, who decided that she is going to ramp up a gear. Now Billy's on her side. She's got Liam on her side. They were like Ocean's Eleven, but just three of them as they walked mm. down the street this week are uh, feeling good about themselves because they tricked Jay into buying cars off uh, a dealer who doesn't exist because it was the uh, the dermatologist who Janine helped out when she was yeah, first introduced on the week. show. So, yeah, like so uh, I, I, it was nice to see them back. It was nice to have that continuity and that Janine yeah. helped her out. So she's helped Janine out with this. Uh, so the story's just basically carrying on. It's just a little kind of like, we know it's carrying on by the writers. Uh, are you excited by this story? Are you excited to see Jay kind of being tricked by Janine? And you said last week that you loved that Janine was back on form again. Do you feel the same way that she's yeah. got a posse with Liam and Billy as well? I mean, yeah, Liam is involved, but maybe not so much. But I, 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 just, I like the fact that Janine's got a little scheme going. And I, and I, I say this again, I'm just glad that it's not anything too insane just yet. It's just incredibly understated for Janine. Because now and again, she did do these sorts of things. She, like, you know, tries to do some money thing or try and steal a business off somebody you know pretty stuff that you don't necessarily need to be killed for or that other people don't necessarily need to be killed for you know <laughs> so i i don't mind this at all at the minute i think i don't think it's gonna last very long um i have a feeling i cause this is what i said last week i don't think jay's that much of an idiot i don't think that she'll be able to fall in for that yeah. long and 
You know, we're talking about a dermatologist who got struck off because she was drinking vodka and Janine had to stand in for her. I can't see her being that reliable, <laughs> a sort of, you know, a sort of no. cadre in, in all of this. Um, but I don't know, we'll see where Jay's, it goes. Jay's been fooled so far, though, hasn't he? Jay's really been taken in because he was really excited when he thought he cut the deal uh, in the cafe. Yeah. He was like looking at Janine and going, yeah, ooh, yeah, we've got it. So <laughs> yeah. how far do you think Janine can take this before Jay kind of kind of realises that this is Janine after all? Oh, I mean, it depends what her ultimate plan is. Like, is her plan to sort of get Jay arrested or something so that he's he's completely and utterly out of the way and then she can just kind of take over the business as his second in command or something? Do you reckon that's... Is that her ultimate plan? Because, what she's, also trying to, because what she's also trying sure. to do, obviously, is um, drive a wedge between Billy and Jay a little bit more. Not that that really needs yes. doing, because Billy just ed, ed, randomly in the street could say, Jay's looking at you funny. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hate him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> I can't see that that's really going to be too much of an issue for her. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, where do you wh- what, what do you where do you think this is going at the minute? Because actually, weirdly, uh, with Janine back, it's not even the biggest storyline that's going on at the minute in the square. So Janine's almost sort of taking a backseat to other villains at the minute, which is which is quite a mad little thing. So where do you think her ultimate plan is? I mean, I think it's like you say, it's just to trick Jay. I think the original plan wasn't it to sell cars from under Jay to get like, so kind of fiddle the book so it looks like the cars haven't been sold, but she sold them off the lot herself or something like that. Um, So I presume that's just her plan. I mean, I don't really know what she's going to get out of pretending that she's selling cars to Jay through a dealer no. that doesn't exist, no. but I'm sure Janine's got. I'm sure Janine's got a path. She's, she's always plotting it up there. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting actually. You saying, and it's something we've kind of talked about off air um, through texts um, when we kind of talk throughout the week. But yeah. you saying that Janine's not the biggest villain on the show right now. Mm. It's funny. Do you, this? This is going off the topic already of discussing the week, perhaps. But there there's a, there's a bit of an argument where there's people saying that there's too many villains on the show right now. Do you feel there's too many villains on the show, or do you well, think that's that's just I mean, the way that it should, it should be going? Well, I mean, the thing is, I've got no issue with um, Janine being uh, a bit more human as well, because otherwise she just becomes a caricature of herself. So I don't mind her being just normal enough to sort of fit in with the rest of society, you know, and then have all the other people like who will we, who Aaron or something who we will discuss later sort of do their big thing and then kind of have a shelf life. You know, this sort this sort of storyline kind of keeps Janine around rather than us realizing that oh well, mm. that's her done in about three months. Then, do you know what I mean? Um, I do feel I do I do agree with when you kind of think about um, you know, is there almost too much going on at the minute for Janine to really be the focus? And it depends where where you. I suppose it's a subjective thing of where you kind of want Janine's role to be within the square. Do you think that she should be kind of at the top of the tree and like ruling all and have and being like the main antagonist around the square, or do you think that she should? kind of step in and out of things because obviously you know she had janine had stints where she was in it for like five years four years you know so she can't you can't constantly be at the top of the antagonistic tree as it were for for that amount of time so i mean it's you can you could argue it either way i suppose what do you think i mean you've i think you've hit the nail there actually it's something i never really thought about and that is that um with Janine, they need to think about the long term here because I think that Janine was never yes. going to be a flash in the pan character that they just brought back just to kind of reel people in. I think they've got a long term mm. goal with her, and it's shown that now from so. kind of a bit of a disappointment, perhaps on my party. That is that you know we thought that Janine was going to come in, bulldoze the show, and completely kind of change the dynamic of the square. Um, while with Aaron, that seems to be the case. He's, he's obviously got a shelf life there. He's some, someone that the writers have obviously thought about being a, a story that could perhaps only be like a week or so um and so a week or so sorry longer than a week <laughs> obviously yeah, uh, a but um a it's yeah so I, I see what you're saying so there, maybe there are a lot of villains on the show right now but a lot of them are probably just kind of short-term villains i mean you know a lot yeah. have come on and out the show recently haven't they you know with raymond's grandmother she kind of came in had a, like a month stint and then left yeah. um and you know it's 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 whether it's whether they is whether they the characters like Aaron become so liked by the public that they have to then kind of rewrite the history like they did with Stuart. Because Stuart was obviously yeah. meant to be only a short-term solution to a problem. And then he ended up being really well-liked and, and fondly watched by a lot of the public. So, yeah, interesting. But yeah, like you, I, I like that they've taken this direction with Janine. And um, I'm sure they'll ramp it up to 11 with her at yeah. some point. Um, but with Janine, I think the only way they can do that is when she gets herself in a relationship, a really damaging relationship. 
Um, which is why a lot of people kind of thought that she'd get together with Grey, but that's not kind of going to mm. happen. Oh, thank so God. Maybe that's not... Yeah, no, I was going to say. No. <laughs> uh, another uh, another story this week was Tom and Dottie. Dottie's asked Tom to really get his foot into gear because he needs to uh, get Sha- Sonia's money, the inheritance money. Um, Tom's still very kind of resilient, wanting to not want to do it because he's made this bond, this relationship with Sonia that he really loves and he really likes that he's got this daughter-father relationship with him. And so he's decided maybe he could find another way around and that is getting other people to invest in his vegan meat-free business, which I approve of, Tom. Yeah, I thought you Very might. much of. Well done, I you. you uh, but the first person he went to was Peter, on perhaps on the advice of Kathy. Um, and Peter was very dismissive of it, saying that, you know, Peter Beale, that you know, famous kids leader. aren't doing that nowadays. Yeah. Well, also Peter Beale, that famous businessman who, you know, yes. obviously knows the future trends and decided that veganism isn't the way forward. I mean, did you like this kind of interaction? Was it a kind of like a way of getting Tom and Kathy closer together? What's, what's the future for them, do you think? I mean, maybe. I think Kathy is going to be the one that sort of, keeps um uh, tom on the on the right side of the law ultimately i think he's i think the lull the lure of kathy beale which you know frankly could pull any of us let's be, let's be fair here you know it could pull me it could pull you it, she she is a goddess and adonis that anybody would turn would turn good for uh, and i think that she's going to be the one that really sort of keeps tom on the straight and narrow ultimately because this whole thing with dotty i mean dotty's now getting desperate because she is um hoping and needing money to stick Sandy in rehab should she be found because Sandy's off like you know in the streets of London somewhere with a needle in her arm um and Dottie's obviously trying to find her and wants to stick her in rehab and that and that unfortunately costs quite a lot of money and that's what she is now saying that she needs this inheritance for and Tom is taking too long to get it now the thing is I don't actually believe that Tom has a plan at this point I think now we know I think now we know about her now we've been let in on the plan it kind of feels like there isn't really that much of a plan. It's kind of like, what is Tom actually trying to do with Sonia, other than clearly enjoying the time that she's spent, that he's spending with her and enjoying this sort of newfound daughter and father relationship? And Dottie's the only one that's sort of going, uh, money, hi, you were here for a reason. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. What do you think the plan actually is? <laughs> well, the plan, I think, was perhaps that he was trying to get Sonia to invest because he did ask Sonia to invest and Sonia was interested. Yes. But I, now, I think now he knows that he's doing it to trick her. He's kind of put the hold, the hold yeah. on it, and said, kind of like, "Oh no, you don't really want to be invested in that." Because originally, wasn't it buildings that he was getting invested in? And originally, it's now yeah. this meat-free company that he's he's trying to get investment yes. in. I mean, that's this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that he's going to try to it, maybe con the square and like the ho- like lots of residents on the square lose a lot of money because of Tom again, Do kind of shortening his, his. Yet this is why I'm wondering. That's why they're kind of getting together with Kathy. Wilmot Brown and Kathy have a history. Uh, yeah, maybe, and, yeah. As you say, it's a very Wilmot Brownie type story, isn't it? Um, and uh, a bill always gets sucked in somewhere. You know, it was Lauren last time with the Will, the Brown family. Yeah. And would yeah. it, you know, make it Peter this time? Um, and, you know, we, we, we're not shy of saying that Peter's not exactly the brightest... The brightest bulb you know, in the box. Candle on the cake or whatever. <laughs> the brightest yeah, or candle ones, on yeah. the cake. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, though. I like yes, things up. Yes, um, So, So Constantly. I think he's gone for the right target. But again, I think that maybe he might, Tom might pull out of it once he realises that him and Kathy are now getting closer together as well. He's a sucker for love, isn't he, old Tom? He just wants to be loved. Yeah, and then I think that's going to happen. He's eventually going to say... Um, oh right! Do you know what? Screw this! I'm not interested. I'm going to be. I'm going to be legit. I'm going to get with Kathy. And as far as Sonia's concerned, I'm my dad. I'm her dad. And then Dottie is going to kind of go mad and reveal everything. I think is. I think is ultimately where it's going. Possibly over Christmas dinner, and then maybe a turkey will be thrown. There's still the chance, Alex. There is still the chance <laughs> of flying poultry on Christmas Day, and I am. I'm ready for it. You know, and I think that might. And that might be where it comes I from. Really... Who knows? I want that for me. <laughs> I really hope the writers are watching yeah. this. In fact, well, they've, they've probably filmed Christmas by now, haven't they? But I just, I'm, but I'm I've been talking about it for long enough. That there's a flying turkey. I've been yeah. talking about it for long enough. And if it is in there, I'm going to say it's only ju- it's just for me. So there's nothing you can do to prove otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, another story that I've kind of cut into two this week is with the foxes um, and the fox oh, hubbards. Yeah. Um, and that is, first of all, that Chelsea has finally admitted that she is pregnant to her mum. 
Denise, and Denise seems over the moon by the whole occasion. Seems a right fresh it. start, and that the family can expand and grow. Yeah, and seems really happy about it. I mean, were you surprised by Denise's reaction? Did you think that she'd be throwing turkeys or I mean, meat-based products <laughs> across the room at her daughter? I mean, I kind of got the impression that Denise was kind of like, Do you know what? Fine, I've got enough to deal with at the minute. You have a baby. That's fine. We'll deal. That's not for another nine months, and we'll deal with that when it comes around. It's right. Clearly, I am not destined to have a peaceful life. It's fine. You just sit and be, you go throw up in a sink and while I'm dealing with the whole Kim and Raymond and, and Vincent thing and we'll deal, we'll cross you when we come to it. Um, you know, I think that, yeah, I think the thing that she was kind of most annoyed by was the fact that she's going to be a nan, nanny Denise. That's going to, that's going to, that's going to be a nice thing to oh, see. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was surprised. I'm, I think we're both surprised by how, kind of how public this has become. Because two weeks ago, we were kind of like, I don't think anyone's yeah. ever going to know about it. I think she, I, th- I think this whole thing is going to be a massive <laughs> secret. And literally the next episode, Chelsea was like, oh, by the way, everybody. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, 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 I think it's going to be all right. I mean, I think the, the big thing with this is obviously is going to be Grey and where he kind of slots into the scenario. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, do you think that Grey and... What do you think is Grey's next move is, really? I mean, kind of, he wants, obviously, to have his... Because a lot of the things, when he was with Chantel, was, um, you know, he was obs- he became obsessed with the idea of having a new- another baby, didn't he? And now he's got that. You know, he's yes. not necessarily with the woman that he wanted it to be, because welcome to Walford, but it's it's still another child that he has on the way. So what do you think his next course of action will be? Yeah, I'm, you're right there. Grey wanted a child, and when Chantel unfortunately miscarried, it kind of made Grey's resentment towards Chantel much more deeper um, yeah. and frightening for for her. Unfortunately, um, mm. yeah. I, I mean, she. I mean, if if he could have the kid without Chelsea, I think that would be his ultimate goal. Uh, whether he would carry out something so he allows that to happen i don't know i mean i think again leaked photos that have come out for what's going to happen around christmas new year um this might be a spoiler if people don't like you know on twitter or anything like that but you know there is a wedding happening around that time and uh so i I don't know how we're getting to that Yeah, and, and, and I think obviously that's that's obviously Gray's goal. What's going to happen with that is going to be something else in it entirely. Um, I've, I think that Gray is properly hooked up on Whitney as well, and I think that if he made that fatal mistake yeah. uh, last week where he had a go at Whitney, and I I just think that I, I don't know. It's weird. I, I, there's a part of me that believes that perhaps he's going to be with Chelsea, but he's going to sleep with Whitney while Chelsea and greater in that engagement period and so it makes things even worse and makes chelsea i don't know it makes chelsea kind of not see gray for what he is anymore because she's got that kind of jealousy because he's always thinking about whitney in the background um but yeah i mean i worry for chelsea but i'm hoping it's a worry that's unwarranted because i would hate to think that uh, poor old denise loses more (laughs) more of her children uh you know they just seem to be you know dropping like flies don't they i mean to be fair that you've got to remember i was i'm guessing what what the idea behind this is is you know gray has two superpowers obviously removing cctv but also yes. to uh, kind of make women th- <laughs> make women forgive him for things that, for kind of outbursts because that's how they yeah. work. These sorts of people, you know, they uh, they're very good at kind of saying, "Oh, I was just angry. I'm just sad. Look at me. I'm good looking and I'm beautiful and I'm rich. It's going to be fine." Because of course, Gray is um, also sort of is started a new job, uh, kind of flipping burgers, hasn't he? Bless him. He's still going to this job dressed as dressed as a lawyer. <laughs> But then is is uh, off, is, is off to flip burgers. <laughs> so he is kind of on his knees at this point. He's got no money, no prospects, and a kid on the way, which I think again is kind of going to kind of be chipping away at his brain and making him a little bit more unstable. So obviously, Gray's going to be the one to watch coming up to Christmas and New Year. I favour New Year for Gray for a big kind of spike in the Gray storyline. I think that's probably the sort of place where you'd stick that. Um, we'll have other things going on at Christmas, I think. Uh, but New Year, I think, is mm. going to be where we're heading for Grey. Where it goes from there, who knows? There is a part of me that kind of thinks, how much longer can Grey be a thing? How many more? Pe- I still think he's got one more death in him. You know, there's there's too much. There's too many sort of big events coming up. You know, with Christmas, New Year, all of that, all of that. So I I, th- I, th- I still feel he's got at least one more death in him. But who knows? We'll we'll see. Who who do you think the death could be? Go on. Put, oh, put your, I mean, put your I money where your mouth is. Come on. Oh, I mean, maybe he. Laura. 
See, I don't think that Laura's got any kind of need to kind of come back into his life now, has she? Because she's got her way. She's got him sacked from the from the thing. So she's. I think. I think Laura's done. Unfortunately, because Laura was amazing. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he'll cause Chelsea to miscarriage in some way. What do you think? I some something horrible is going to oh, happen nice. at some point. Yeah, uh, maybe, Ooh. maybe. That'd be that'd be horrific. That'd be a it would be horrific. Thing. It would be very grey like though to happen. Bad things happen with grey, unfortunately. True. So I, I, who knows? I mean, yeah. let's be. If, any, if if this storyline has taught us anything, literally anything is possible. Who knows? It could kill off Sharon yeah. for all we know. Like the way <laughs> the way it goes, God knows where it's going to go. So uh, we'll, so no, we'll see. Nerve wracking. No, not, not our Shaz. Not our Shazza. <laughs> Nah. She's uh she she can't go. She can't leave. No, not at all. Um yeah. there's another story also where Kim had to finally tell her daughter Pearl that Oh that was lovely. Uh, Pearl's was so dad, lovely. her husband, has sadly died. Uh yeah. sadly died and was sadly killed. Died. I'm, I'm yeah. putting such a nice little spin on it. Yeah. Sadly died. Sadly murdered. Uh, I should be... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sadly shot in the yeah, head. We will miss um, him greatly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> may she may he rest in peace. Uh, Phil Phil lent on and I got the guy's name this week as well Harry not Vincent too Harry Harry Howie the children's entertainer that's it Phil lent on him and said basically if you put evidence toward the police then it's not going to be worth your while and you're going to be in a lot of trouble Harry then ran away and Kim got very upset felt a bit hopeless felt like she couldn't do anything Uh, before we talk about that beautiful scene between uh, Mm. Pearl and Kim and Denise watching on with uh, her cake. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what did you make of Phil saying to Jack? Because Jack was the one who directed Phil to Harry, so he knew where to find him. So yeah. he could, like, threaten him. And then Phil said afterwards, you now owe me one. What does Phil, what does Jack owe Phil? Because to me, he doesn't owe him anything. Because the thing is, I think Jack was trying, is, is trying to sort of get Denise out of the trouble, isn't, isn't he? Because Jack's kind of... Jack's kind of sole aim at the minute is to sort of try and keep Denise out of trouble, keep himself out of trouble, keep the kids out of trouble. So I think his idea was that if he gets Phil involved, Phil can kind of go and do Phil stuff and be scary and throw people against walls and growl and groan a lot. Um, and then the trouble okay. will go away. And I think Phil knows that that's his role. Um, and it's, you know, Phil's played that role willingly uh, billions of times over the years because uh, people will go up to well, Phil and give him the tenor and say, can you go and do that, that bloke over there, please? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, and let's be honest, the idea of having Jack in his pocket would be very appealing to Phil because the two of them aren't exactly the best of mates. So I think that that's more, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a manipulation thing from Phil's perspective as well, isn't it? It's kind of like, yeah, you owe me now, Jack. Ha ha, de ha he ha ha ha. <laughs> so now he's got a sort of copper in, in under his, and I mean, slowly but surely, Phil is taking over the Metropolitan, taking over Scotland Yard because he's got Callum <laughs> doing what he <laughs> wants. Callum. He's got he's got Jack, yeah, he's got Jack, he's got Richie. So you know, <laughs> it, it, he's, he's slowly taking over the force. <laughs> Uh, but but did you not think that perhaps uh, like Phil kind of should have seen it as that it was not he's kind of helped himself out as well so basically they're kind of neutral so they kind of helped each other out on this occasion I just I, I do from um, your perspective I see it but for me yeah. I just think that Phil doesn't I don't think Jack owes him anything no but probably not in the in moral terms at all but again like I say Phil see Phil's always <laughs> worked like that though it's like it's like almost it's Phil isn't it everything is all, almost everything that you get Phil to do or anything that Phil ever does is almost some form of business transaction isn't it so if you get Phil to, you know if you get if you know you could ask you could get you could be shopping with Phil you could pass Phil in Morrison's or something and say Phil can you reach me that thing off the top of the shelf <laughs> yeah you owe me now <laughs> you know it's just the way that yeah, Phil kind yeah. of works so I'm interested, and I th- and but also I think what this also does is kind of there's now a thing between Jack and Phil that Denise doesn't know about, you know that Kim doesn't know about. So basically, there's all these little secrets kind of like blossoming away within the Fox Truman household, mixed in with Phil as well, because now they've got the salon back. So Denise kind of thinks that Phil yeah. is a little bit more helpful, and is she's he's now going to be she's now she's now going to be more compliant with Raymond's. Uh, so I think it's yeah, I think it's more it's it's definitely more about Phil asserting his status over Jack because that's always the thing with those two isn't it you know that that little kind of understated rivalry that we've had over the years with Phil and Jack that was literally just I think another move in it Mm. so with Kim then Kim told uh, Pearl that her dad died as we say Mm. and uh, there was that that scene when they're on the sofa um, and Gorgeous. I thought it was really well portrayed by Tamika. Uh, I thought it was really, mm, really beautiful. Good. I thought it was done as 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 you I would imagine a mother would speak to a child. I thought it wasn't 
It was just really gentle. It reminded me a little bit of that scene years ago when Dot was telling, I can't remember who it was, but it was telling a, a young child that their, someone in their family had died and the way she kind of explained it to her not in a patronising way yeah. you should, and that's what I liked the most it wasn't done kind of like you know they're in heaven remember when the rabbit died and I said it went to a special yeah, farm yeah, yeah. but that's what daddy's doing you know it wasn't done like that yeah, daddy's really on the farm scene yeah. between them yeah, yeah I mean it was, it was, like, it was really Carl nice as well because we were only saying a couple of weeks I ago I know Carl has not been in an episode this year <laughs> I mean she wants, doesn't, with doesn't show up to work for months and months and months and then comes back for her first day <laughs> nails a, a scene that's that's a child actress right there we're going to keep hold of her because Pearl's great no that whole scene was brilliant and, and I thought Tamika absolutely nailed it it was really nicely written it was really nicely directed beautifully acted um, and I liked I liked Denise kind of sat on the stairs as well in the background, kind of knowing more about the situation than Kim does. And she's got not only the fact that she's watching Pearl be told that her father is dead and watching her sister have to tell her daughter that her father is dead, but she's also got the fact that she knows exactly why Vincent's dead. She's it's, it's, uh, <laughs> she's, um, she's seen Vincent die, um, so she's got all of this kind of going around in her head at the minute. So I really, li- I really liked yeah. the, that sort of dynamic. And then she sort of... Um, came in, got rid of Pearl with biscuits because that's how you get rid of a grieving child. Have a biscuit. I go take the biscuits upstairs. Go on, get lost. Um, and then there was that yeah. really nice scene between Kim and Denise at the end. It was lovely. Really, really, really nice. 10 out of 10 for that scene. Liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. So is this, is this the line drawn now? Or do you think there's always going to be that little part of Kim that wants to know the truth? Yeah, well, the thing is, she still, we haven't had any kind of indication that she doesn't, suspect Phil any less because you know last week Kim was saying that she thought that Phil was wholly responsible and she hasn't really spoken to anybody about her full suspicions on that yet so I think that she's kind of sitting on that and trying to work out what to do about it and I think um, kind of dealing with Pearl is going to be the thing that kind of spurs her on to sort of try and bring Phil only down which I think is another reason why they've now got Phil kind of so involved with the sort of Jack and Denise dynamic now because while Kim's trying to poke at that Phil thinks that he's got kind of control over the situation. I was, I think that's probably where it's going, you know? So, I don't know, we'll see, but I think that's what they're doing. Yes, I mean, yes, it's 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 frightening that Phil has this power over them, um, and I'm hoping that he uses it responsibly. But as we always say, it's Phil Mitchell, so I very, no. very much doubt that will be the case. Far too many syllables uh, for Phil. <laughs> Rob, I believe you've got yes, a little Alex. treat this Halloween season. Well... As it's as it's Halloween, I thought we might pull out one of our little games this week. Would you like to play Martin Fowler's Scary Five a Day? Now then, Alex, we haven't played this game for a little while. Um, so just to remind uh, the viewers and listeners, Martin Fowler's Five a Day. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give Alex two characters, uh, and what I want him to do is find. Uh, connections between the characters but he needs to link me five times to get from one character to the other so i'm going to name i'm going to name the two characters and he now then has to work out a route via different characters to get to the end character in five guesses did i explain that complicatedly enough i think that was all right wasn't it (laughs) he has um i think it was what we do 20 seconds 20 seconds 20 seconds wow this is this is this this is the trick, is it, in your treat? Yes, because it's Halloween, so it makes it scarier. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, so I would, because it's Halloween, I thought I'd do it with two yeah. dead characters this time, two characters from beyond the grave. <laughs> so I would like you, yes. So I would like you, Alex, in twenty seconds to give me five connections between to reach right. Paul Coker. To Pat Butcher. From Paul Go. Coker. Oh, Paul Coker. Yeah, no, 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 Paul no, Coker wait a minute, wait a minute. Paul Coker <sighs> to Pat Butcher. Don't give yourself extra thinking time. Okay. Yes. Wait, wait, go on then. So I need... To... Okay, go on. Okay, okay, go. 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 Now? Yeah, go. Start? Go. 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 Okay. Okay, Paul Coker. Paul Coker has a brother called... Uh... No. Paul Coker. <laughs> Paul Coker... Ten seconds uh, left. ...has a wife... Has a wife called Birdie. Birdie used to work on the market with uh, Martin Five. Fowler. Martin Fowler. Martin <laughs> Fowler has a mum who's Pauline Butcher, and Pauline Butcher knows Pat Butcher. <laughs> Pauline I've Butcher. Never Pauline heard. Fowler. 
I've never heard such utter <laughs> claptrap in my entire life. For a start, you reckon that Paul Coker has a wife called Birdie, do you? It's, like, it's the first thing you said. Oh, so you Paul Coker, that married, is his oh, sorry. Married to his I nan, according Coker. to you. Married to his nan. Right, viewers and listeners, oh, I would hope that you did. You said go, and I didn't know what I was doing. That's because it's Halloween! Rawr! Um, <laughs> yes, so I would hope, viewers and listeners, that you did slightly better. Shall I give you the connections that I got from uh, Paul to yes, uh, Pat, and we'll see if it makes a little bit more sense? This is why I hate... So I have gone... I hate games. Because <laughs> you, you have to win, Alex. You're too competitive. That's your problem. It ruins the enjoyment for you. <laughs> right, I have gone for Paul was in a relationship with Ben... Who is the son of Phil, who was married to Sharon, who was the adoptive daughter of Angie, who was married to Den, who had numerous flings with Pat in the 80s. <laughs> That's seven a day. Off screen. It is seven steps. No, it's not. It's no, I've got no, I had five connections in between. Either way. No, no, no. Five a day is three connections. So one, two, three, four, five. Well, I gave you lots of options then, didn't I? Either way, it makes more sense than Paul being married to his nan. <laughs> fair, fair. That's I fair. thought it was And yes, you're absolutely right. Then what's did? Well, did sleep with Pat Butcher. Mm. As a, then, again, if you want to yes. watch, watch the classic episodes, I, I, it's either 85 or 86 where they share a Christmas together and they reminisce about their times where they were romantically yeah. involved. Yeah. So there I know that. Go. I'll talk about that all day long. Oh, well, good for you. Good for you. But you, thought that, the but you thought that the Coca family was, was completely and utterly filled with incest. Yeah, that was that was your assumption. <laughs> that was the connection that you kind of reached. You know I want an God. incest story on the show, Rob. You know I want an incest story on the show. Yes, I'm but you can't start applying it to incest storylines that have been and gone, that, that, where there was no incest involved in it. Honestly, Alex. <laughs> Honestly. True. That is true. So, there we are. All right. How did you get on, viewers and listeners? Hopefully better than that. Uh, and that was... Uh, Martin Fowler's scary five a day. Okay, well, after that humiliation, I think it's time for us to talk about uh, maybe another character that feels like he's been humiliated on the square. And that is Harvey, who um, has got his son's back, uh, back up now because uh, Aaron is really fighting his corner uh, this week by basically calling Ash out in the middle of the Queen Vic uh getting the getting talking to Kat and getting Harvey's job back kind of taking it as a win for himself even though it was Ash who kind of retracted her statement now that's the first thing I want to ask you about do you she's retracted the statement and there's been a lot of debate and we say every week about whether you know what Harvey had said was or wasn't uh racially infused uh Ash did say that she felt a little bit wound up anyway because she had that patient who kind of decided mm-hmm. that she didn't want to be cared for by Ash because of the color of her skin um and so mm-hmm. kind of just moved you know kind of moved it along with that conversation which she had with harvey but do you think ash should have stepped down the way she did or did, does that make show her a bit of growth that she kind of saw it for yeah. maybe for what it was after all i mean honestly if this woman in the hospital knew how much trouble she'd cut she's going to be causing in the yes. next few months solely it's all links to her um yeah, I mean this. I mean the thing is, isn't it? What I think what this basically is demonstrating is those is the times when people are sort of have have these sorts of microaggressions aggressions uh, flung at them, or had something said to them, or done in some way, and then sort of being forced to apologise because the notion of being racist, of being known as racist, is far more offensive than the actual racism itself. You know, and it's something yeah. that is quite prevalent in in society at the minute, and was demonstrated beautifully on the square this week. Um, Aaron. I mean, what a lovely lad he is. I mean, I tell you, he's only been around he's only been around a week or so now, but he I think he's already demonstrating himself to be one of the most unlikable characters we've had in a very very long time, which is, you know, all full credit to the actor. He's doing a great job because he's he's with thing what I think we've got with Aaron at the minute is that I'm sort of feeling that thing that I had with Grey at the start of the Chantal and him storyline where you're sort of on edge when he appears on screen it's like, "Oh my god, what's he going to say? What's he going to mm. do?" Um so he he this is getting really interesting with those two now. And it's ramping up um god knows where it's going to end up by uh by uh christmas <laughs> um but yeah i think that harvey is but i think almost harvey seems a little bit fearful of his son in some way do you get do you get that vibe i think that there is sort of yeah. the sort of vibe that aaron is very much the head of the family and i wonder if we're going to find out that aaron had a lot of involvement in his mum being sort of taken away or getting rid of or something what do you think i 
wondered that too. I wondered the exact same mm. thing, whether Aaron had a hand to play for the reason why the mother left. Maybe something, uh, I mean, it yeah. sounds again, it sounds a little bit like how Grey uh, kind of, we found out had abused his mother. Maybe Aaron mm. did something similar or upset her in so much by his views, his right wing views. Because let's not be around the bush anymore. We know that Aaron must be uh, connected a somehow to some kind of right wing cause. <laughs> Yeah, and is an outright easily. racist. Yeah, I mean he's he found out Bobby was Muslim this week. The face, if these faces could, if uh, looks could kill. Aaron literally would have murdered uh, <laughs> Bobby in the pub yeah, there and then. There and um, then he found out that he was he was uh, a Muslim, um, and he's just he just doesn't like like well, other you know ethnic people. Uh, really no, nasty. He came back. Nice actually, he had two dates this week with uh, Tiff. Both of them ended abruptly because he kept getting text messages like, brruh, brruh, and, yeah. then, and he was like, well, I've got to go. Um, and yeah. on the second occasion, he came back with, you know, his fists were bloody and he was washing mm. them off and bruised. And so it must be linked somehow to, again, uh, something him beating someone up in part of a group. I mean, how how deep do you think this group is? Do you think it's a kind of like a local London group or do you think it's a national thing? What, what do you think... It is. It could be a political group. I do. It could be a political group. Um, I do wonder if we're going to find out those um, thugs that beat Dana up a few weeks back. I don't know whether we're going to find out that Aaron actually knows these people, whether he's sort of head of that little gang. I mean, it's it's I think it's undisputable now that we're going down some sort of right wing extremism story, which I've got to be honest, I'm really fascinated by. I think this is a really exciting story to tell. And actually, they're doing it. Actually, they're doing it quite well so far. It's a really important story to tell. And and I I am putting my full trust in them that they're going to do this absolutely perfectly, because to be honest with you, you're stupid if you don't. That's really, really bad if you don't. But they will (laughs) because it's EastEnders and they will. It's going to be fine. Um, but it's going to be a it's going to be a rough story, and um, they've clearly got some great actors involved in it. You know, the the guy who plays Aaron was yeah. like Charlie Charlie. I can't remember his surname, but he's great. He's he's really nailed the role of Aaron because Aaron does kind of feel like he belongs in EastEnders in terms of his villain status, doesn't he? He's sort of you know he's walking around in his suit and tie and sort of handing out fivers because that's what villains tend to do when EastEnders. You know, yeah, I'll pay for that. Yeah, I'll get that. Yeah, I'll pay for that. <laughs> rich <laughs> rich people are bad. Um, you know, he'll start smoking soon. As soon as he pulls a cigarette out, we run for cover. <laughs> um, where I think this might be going is I be- I'm beginning to wonder if Harvey is one of these people that is just sort of a bit dense with that sort of thing rather than mm. deliberately antagonistic. You know, I wonder if he's we're gonna, we've got Harvey as one of these people that sort of just is a dinosaur and doesn't really know. Him. You know, you know, those sorts of people that kind of stumble into saying the wrong thing. And sort of then wonder why the whole, the whole world is offended and it's kind of like, what's wrong with you? And then when you've got someone like Aaron, who is clearly actually more aware of that sort of thing, he knows what to say to wind people up. He knows kind of what the wrong thing and the right thing to say in this situation is. So when you've got somebody like that kind of stoking Harvey from beneath, it's going to then... He's, he can very easily persuade Harvey that everything that he's saying and thinking is absolutely correct. Um yeah. And yeah, there was it was very very deliberate that they've kind of ma- now made uh, the introduction of Bobby and the Muslim thing, and you know the looks between them. That's now stoked. That's now lit that fuse, for want of a better phrase. Um, it's oh, it's it's all going to start snowballing very very quickly, I think. And I'm I'm nervous about it because it's one of those storylines where you naturally do kind of you know it kind of puts your teeth on edge a little bit because it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be. Which is the type of storyline that EastEnders has always done so well. You know, those stories that kind of put you on edge and kind of make you face the the, the grim, warts and all graphic look at life. And, how, and, you know, the tough facts of life. And that's what that's the way life is at the minute. And EastEnders has always been the soap, I think, to really highlight these issues. Um, and so far, so good with how they're dealing with this. Um, but where it goes from here, it's kind of got that feeling of the sky's the limit, doesn't it? In a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, Bobby and Ash and Ikra found out also that the permission to build the mosque has been granted. Yeah. That's a coincidence. So that must be somehow linked to, again, what might be happening a few months or a couple of months down the line, which so happens to land itself on... Which also so happens to be next to the gay Uh, bar. Yes. (laughs) Although he doesn't have much issue with that yet. Dot, dot, dot. What do you think I am? Some sort of homophobe? (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, imagine, imagine that's the hill he dies on. He's going to go in. You know, yeah, he's going to go. Yeah, no, just before he does something horrible to the mosque, he's just going to nip in and go, can everyone leave, please? I've got a bit of an issue with the building next door. Nothing with you guys, though. Go have a, here, have some money. Have, drinks are on me. Have a good night. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned actually Harvey being a bit fearful of his son, because did you notice this week also Dana, whenever the mention of her brother was... Uh, came up on the show she seemed to have a very mixed reaction to the people who asked her uh, about him uh again there must there, we know there's a past between them because he kind of shot her down last week uh, when she was kind of st- stood up and saying you know meant to be apologizing um what's going to be happening between them two do you think is, is do, do you worry that dana is in danger around her brother as in that he would literally throw his own sister into into a, the firing line in order to get himself out of trouble perhaps I, to death you know i don't know if he'd do that i think what's more likely to happen i don't I, i'm gonna say it right now i think dana's gonna be dead by christmas i'm telling you now that's my prediction dana is not going to see 2022 mm. like that's i think that's pretty much nailed in now not from anything that's been spoiled or anything this is just a pure prediction you know, the oracle that I am. Um, I genuinely don't believe. I think that she, I think that something horrible is going to happen to the mosque. I think Aaron is going to be solely responsible for said horrible thing that happens in the mosque. And I think mm. that he is going to accidentally kill his sister in whatever he decides to do to the mosque. That is my prediction. Um, which you know it kind of puts Bobby in a really in a really sad time for New for New Year's, but. You know, Bobby can't be happy for too long. We're in EastEnders, for goodness sake. And he is no. the happiest we've ever seen him at the minute in a lot of ways, isn't he? So we can't have that for long. <laughs> so um, I think we're in... I think we're... I think we're due some heartbreaking at Christmas. I think it's going to be one of the... I, I don't know. I, I get in the feeling that this is going to be a really, really, really big Christmas. Because last year, I think, was a little mm. bit sort of understated in the grand scheme of things, wasn't it? Like the scariest thing we had was Sharon setting, you know, her Christmas pud. Hilarious as camp as it was, I think this year is going to be a little bit more high octane and a little bit darker, which, you know, yeah. I do love myself a, a, yeah. a dark EastEnders Christmas. It's going to be very jolly viewing, I'm sure. <laughs> but <laughs> but oh, I, think, yeah. I think that's where, yeah. I think that's where it's going. It's pie with. Yeah, mm. bit of right-wing no extremism over Christmas dinner. Yeah. Yeah, why not? So no projection show this year with um, Ian uh, being no. put on there saying rest it, it that 19... 19- <laughs> Year he died, you know. <laughs> no, none of that. None of that. No, I don't but, think we're getting but, that yeah, this year. I'm, I'm wondering. I, 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 I agree that I think the Dana isn't long for this earth, but I think mm. that it might be almost done, almost done deliberately, almost like an ultimatum. By, Do you? Uh, okay, Aaron, as if to say, yeah, as if to say, like you either give up Bobby, or I will willingly just leave you in this building. To... Really, I think it'd be more I interesting. Know. I think I just, it'd be more think Aaron interesting. Aaron is a very, very bad character. He's a very bad man. He's a very bad man. I think there's any dispute with that. He's a very, very, very nasty person. Uh, he's not a nice person mm. at all. He gets very cross about anybody that isn't the norm, essentially. But I think it's more interesting if he does it accidentally, because then there's that secret, isn't there? There's that kind of added drama. Oh my See? god, I've killed my sister, which puts him and Bobby in exactly the same spot by accidentally killing their sister, True. which brings them together. Which I think is ten times more interesting than him hitting her over the head with a lead piping. But you know, we'll see. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Or a music box. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. It's funny also mm. to, saying about Aaron being very bad. I've, I've not seen a reaction because obviously there's characters who are evil characters, but a lot of people like them you know, on social media or in, you know everyday because they you know, they like bad characters. Bad characters are interesting to watch. Mm. Aaron really has taken like to the public a kind of like a turn. Like people hate him, hate him. Um, and yeah. kind of like to the point where they just want him off the show because he's, he's oh I don't like him I, he's, I want him off the show I don't like him being on there and he's, he's but no, it's, no it's, I don't think it's I don't think it's about being them I don't think it's them being like being childish about it I just think it's genuinely like when you hate a character so much that you don't want them to be on a show because you like you like you know kind of the status quo of how the show is and I think Aaron has literally shaken it up on the square in like a week. Um, and it's really kind of, you know, upset the flow for a lot of the viewers on the show uh, who watch the show. Mm. And they just think, yeah. And I like that. I like that this Aaron, this, that's, that's like Aaron's that. done. So, yeah. yeah. And then we're purists with that sort of thing, aren't we? Movie. We're purists and we know what we know what those sorts of characters are for, don't we? They're, they're about starting a conversation. Mm. They're about starting garnering a reaction from the viewers. And to have this much of a reaction already, um, I think is great. 
So uh, next up then is Jean. Jean and Stacy is back. Jean, she's very excited and uh, Stacy has a secret. But before she can share her secret, she decides to break into the Panasar household. Thanks by stealing Kurit's uh, keys uh, after they had a little conflab in the calf um, and use Suki's bath and shower because Suki won't fix their boiler, um, no. which kind of gets Stacy in a lot of trouble with her probation officer a little bit yes. later on. Now, before we talk about any of that, though, I want to talk about, first of all, the scene where Stacy and Janine meet for the first time in years yes. in the Queen Vic. Not long enough. And Stacy. And they have that. They have a bit of a Barney. It's quite a reserved Barney, quite a turned mm. down one. Nothing too major, but they they say a few choice words to each other. But there's uh, a but look. Unfortunately, in front of uh, well, in front of Lily, Lily mm. discovers that her mum was accused of stabbing someone thanks to Janine. <laughs> now I don't think that's and the fact that Janine uh, Lily also reacted to that. I don't think that's a mm. passing comment. I think that's something that's no. going to be brought back up again a little bit later on. But did you love the scene between Janine and Stacey? I mean, I mean, you've been you've been championing uh, Janine and Stacey this, this moment, you yeah. Know, storyline together for a while and this moment so yeah did you enjoy yeah. it i mean uh, yeah yes i enjoyed what we got um i wanted more obviously you know there's a there's there's a clip on youtube of that entire of that entire vic scene you know from the moment that stacy walks in and there's the bit with martin and uh and then after virginia's thing there's another little bit with martin where he, she kind of frog marches out them out of the vic the scene the whole vic scene in itself is a, is a minute and 20 long that's really not that long at all, which means the Janine and Stacey thing went on for forty about forty seconds. It's not long enough for me. <laughs> I wanted like a full on like a full on scene. Hopefully, like you say, there was this, there was some seeds being planted that this is not the end of their of their you know because my my worst nightmare was the fact that they were going to have that initial sort of yeah well yeah yeah you stay away from me then and then they literally would and there'd be no interaction between the pair of them whatsoever. Hopefully, what this no. that little scene did was you know sort of. Because I thought it was actually really interesting for them to remember that this is the first time that they will have become face to face since Janine withdrew her statement about state about the about the stabbing. Um, so hopefully that they and the fact, like you say, the fact that Lily overheard that, uh, it's going to be interesting. So yeah, I wondered if Lily was going to bring it up to Scarlet in the future, and that's maybe going to then. That's what I wondered. Yeah, it's possible because there seems to have been no interaction between Lillian and Lillian Scarlet so far, and I was I kind of was expecting them to sort of just become mortal enemies just because their mums are. Um, so I mean, obviously, you know that it, we're we're still fairly like early into Janine's return thing at the minute. She's only been back like a couple of months, so I suppose there's lots of time for them to sort of really start spreading this stuff out. And let's be honest, at the minute, it seems that they've got a lot more to be getting on with rather than sort of build, you know. So I, mean, I suppose there's time. Uh, yes, yeah, so. The uh, the slaters broke into the Panasars this week. Jean stole a towel, um, <laughs> and a very soft towel. It seems that Suki has the best and towels in the, the land and burnt it in the oven. Uh, yeah, because she kept trying to hide it because she seemed to think that this towel was going to be like incriminating evidence that would send everybody to jail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think of the, um, the Stacey and Kirat scenes this week and the fact that Stacey apparently is like a keen origamist since she's come out of prison? It seemed a little bit sort of kind of like, oh, uh, this is that swan that Stacy folded in the cafe. Yes, um, yeah. I mean, it was all it was all a little bit odd, like, especially the scene where they went, uh, well, you know, when they went into the Panasar's place and they sort of um, <laughs> they went in the shower and then Stacy like Stacy went into the bathroom with like her hair a certain way and then came back clearly five seconds later when they just went right start again and action. Oh, lovely hair dryer. It makes my hair exactly the same as it was before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You can't really do yeah, much so... with Stacey's hair, even though she's a hairdresser. No, that's it's just true. long, straight hair, isn't it? She just kind of tends, tends it, wearing yeah. it down. Um, I thought that the origami thing was a bit. Meh. It just reminded me of like it was a bit naff. break and just kind of like, and it was obviously used as a bit of a tenuous link. So Correct was able to link Stacey. It to was the break very tenuous of the house. Yeah, um, yeah, yes. and and uh, and I mean, it was a shame. I thought that there was a really interesting moment when. Correct, and Stacey first got together, and I thought, oh, this is interesting. They're remembering that they did mm. hook up, and they're kind of friendly with yeah, each other. Yeah. And they're kind of fine, um, and it was kind of just used really just as a kind of as a plot device for then have was it? Uh, it was Jags. Jags's watch stolen, wasn't it? it was yes, stolen from the flat, and then Suki got very very angry. I mean, this was old form Suki as well. You know, this is Suki back to form now. Honey's gone out of the picture. She's just kind of just. Back to the back to the way she was, you know. Um, 
but yeah, it was a bit. It was, it was a bit unfortunate that obviously Suki decided to then go have a have a Barney with Stacy in her house while the probation officer was there. For the probation officer, who just seconds before had said, "Oh, clearly you're getting on very well. You're kind of getting yourself back used to civilized life, and you know, becoming a civilian, civilian, and you know, outside of prison." And then yeah. Suki comes barging in and says, "Right, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> you stole my towels and my watch, yeah. and all kinds yeah. of bits and pieces." Yeah. What is this, Big Ben? You know, and it's like, yeah. Love that line. Was, yeah, it, like, I felt a bit, <laughs> I felt a bit yeah. sorry for poor old uh, Stacey. Um, but then, of course, there is also the revelation this week uh, that Stacey, while she was away, she got married, which was just this last week. And um, we meet uh, Stacey's new partner this week. And that is Eve, who is a woman that she met in prison. Now, we, we kind of suspect that there was going to be some sort of underhand sort of scheme going on where she was doing it for a reason. But it seems it, it seemed a bit... I mean, this whole Stacey thing was ridiculous this week. But I didn't mind it because Eve is a really interesting character. So it's kind of given us... It's it's taken with one hand, but kind of given us something nice in the other. So that's fine. Um, but this whole thing, I don't really understand. So the idea was that if she marries Eve, then the probation officer kind of sees that Eve is living in a kind of stable environment. So what? What happens if the probation yeah. officer doesn't see that she's in a stable environment? Does she get put into care? Does she get taken back to the pound? What? <laughs> I don't understand what I don't understand what the point is, really. <laughs> like, a, like a puppy. Um, yeah. yeah. It was, was odd, wasn't it? Because I guess... But Stacey seemed surprised that Eve was out so early too. So I guess yeah. Stacey had always... <laughs> None of it really made it in sense. her head that she thought that yeah. yeah she thought that she was going to have some time to kind of get herself settled in before Eve appeared. Not that she seemed disappointed that Eve was out because Eve was clearly they're very good friends on the inside yeah. and now they're presumably going to be good friends on the outside. I mean, I don't again. I'm talking about shelf life. We've talked about shelf life this week. This week's episode should be called about the shelf life of a character. But mm. you know what? What is the shelf life of Eve? What's going to happen to Eve? Because Eve clearly doesn't care about people's impressions of her. She smacked Zach and. Martin, and Martin, both yeah. thinking that both of them were Martin Fowler. Um, so she, <laughs> because and as clearly we were... she will. I was, I was concerned because I was, I agreed with Jean's concern because clearly Eve will do anything to help Stacey out. So to mm. what end would that be? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's we were told it was made incredibly crystal clear that. Eve is, and I quote, an angry, volatile lesbian. Um, so uh, it's 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 interesting. I, th- I think she's a really interesting character. You know, I liked I liked her immediately. I thought it was a pretty good intro to a, to a new character. She seems like someone who could stick around. She kind of reminds me of Shirley in a few ways. I liked the fact that those two instantly seemed to have a connection, and the fact that Eve mm. fancied Shirley. I mean, if you know. Linda Henry is a beautiful woman, but if Shirley is um, if Shirley is Eve's type, then that's a woman who's not going to take anything from anybody. You know, <laughs> she likes someone who can fight her own corner, does Eve? Which is probably why she's attracted to Stacy. Um, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I can't wait for the rest of the square to sort of learn that Stacy is now married to a woman, especially for Janine to find out. That's going to be interesting because yeah. maybe imagine someone who doesn't care about. So, you know the, the impression we've already got off Eve versus someone like Janine. That's going to be interesting with Stacy with Stacy in the back, like some little yapping Chihuahua. That's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> this <laughs> this week, I think, was all about sort of setting up a lot of new stuff and making and kind of moving a lot of pieces around into really interesting positions. And I really liked this the potential that someone like Eve brings. She wasn't boring, was she? You know, she you're looking at Eve like a character no. who kind of do anything. She's clearly volatile. She's clearly someone who is. You know, like you say, does not care about what people think about her, and they are the most interesting sort of characters to watch. So, I mean, Jean instantly was kind of like, "No, this can't, this cannot happen. She needs to leave immediately." No, no, the, the angry volatile lesbian needs to be out on the street by tomorrow morning, Stacey. I'm serious now. <laughs> um, so, what do you think is going to happen to said angry volatile lesbian? <laughs> and did you appreciate being reminded that she was an angry volatile lesbian on the frequency that we got for? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they did go on and on and on on Friday's episode. I think if you had one of those those kind of graph things where you see the most yeah. words on your Twitter account, Les- yeah. if they used it on the script for Friday's episode, <laughs> lesbian, lesbian would, would have be been right trending. There in the yeah. with giant letters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I I hope the gene kind of pulls back a little bit and lets Eve and Stacey have their time because I just like I say, I think that it's, it's somewhere down the line Stacey's going to need Eve's help. And you're going to mm. see what exactly Eve will do for Stacey and what the repercussions of that would then be. Would then, would 
like Phil and Jack, would Stacey then owe Eve a favour and shenanigans might take place? Because would, would Eve, you know, want to cause crime again? You know, is it we're going to go she down that seem above shenanigans. She, she can't live on the outside world without being, you know, a villain, uh, being yeah. a criminal of some sort. Not sure. So I kind of, although I agree with Jean's kind of reservations and looking after her daughter, and I think there's a little bit of jealousy on Jean's, Jean's behalf as well, that she thought when mm. Stacey was coming out, she could have Stacey to herself. And now it seems as though she's not. Um, I, I think that I think that I would like Jean to kind of just step back a little bit and just see where Eve and Stacey develop and yeah. what, what happens between them two. I, I like it. I, quite, I, I do. I like it. It's daft. It's stupid. It's ridiculous but i like it <laughs> but hey but hey yeah we've accepted worse let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> one last story then one last thing we're going to talk about is the baby on the doorstep um uh, it wasn't Haley this time either god god bless her soul. <laughs> uh it was a kind of yeah. completely anonymous person who's left a baby on the doorstep uh outside zach and martin and sharon's flat um, and so we're all led to believe that this is because earlier in the week, uh, a, a dad came along and basically had to go at Zach for kind of being a bit promiscuous and uh, hurting his daughter. So, we, you know, we were set up to know that Zach is a little bit of a player. He did try to get back together with Nancy this week, but to no avail. And then when they came home with their curry with extra mango chutney, there was a baby on the doorstep waiting for them. Uh, when they turned up and Sharon straight away said you know what Zach this obviously has everything to do with you and you need to sort it out right now but has it got to do with Zach Mm, has has it it indeed what do you think I mean all evidence would point to it being Zach's child although I would argue that that child was it was hardly like Moses in a basket was it it wasn't like a small child (laughs) that kid looked about one Yeah, like in a proper like. So I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not convinced because the, the kid. You know when they were saying, like, "Oh, it's a baby, it's a baby," and you kind of look at this kid. No, it's not. It's a, it's a kid. Like this kid looks at least one. Mm-hmm. You don't call one year old babies, really, do you? Um, yeah, I. Uh, see, there's alternative scenarios to where this could be going, isn't it? Isn't there? If it's not Zach's, and there if it's is. not being, if it's not being left at. Zach's house, but is in fact being left at Sharon's house. Where else could uh, this baby have come from? And how would they have known that she moved house, incidentally, and is now living in that flat? That's the other, <laughs> kind, of, that's the other kind of thing I would wonder. But yeah. you know. Mm. That's true, because a lot has happened to Sharon. She's moved twice. She moved to the Vic and then to that flat. Yeah. Why was it outside the Vic? <laughs> yeah, 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 of yeah. all places. Anyway. But then it could have been anyone's outside the Vic. It could have been it could have been anyone who patronises the Vic. You know, <laughs> that yeah, would have been a completely yeah, who's the daddy? Who's the daddy? That would have been a who's huge the mother? Story. Who's the daddy? Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, this is it. Isn't you... it? I mean, if it's not Zach's, then where? Who? It can't be. It's not Martin. <sighs> it can't so obviously be. there's. Oh, it could be Martin's, but it can't be Martin's. Maybe this is just the continuation of the many many stories that are coming down the road for <laughs> for the death of Denny. He was he was a father as well. Oh my goodness! <laughs> like, oh, it does feel a bit trashy. Well, oh, uh, I don't like it. Who knows? It's a bit. It feels a bit cheap. I don't know. It feels a bit. Mm, I, I, and also, poor Sharon. She's got a young child of her own. And Nanny Sharon. Well, if it's true, if you know, she's a nan and a mother. <laughs> yeah, and she was already she was already accused of being Zach's mother this week. <laughs> So it's not been a great week for Sharon, really. No. Um, another thing I was wondering, talking about like Sharon's children, do you think that this could also lead further down the line when she that perhaps uh, Albie isn't is actually Phil's kid? Do you think this could be where we're heading down as well? See, when that was all going on, I thought that was exactly where it was going because the way that they got the DNA at the time seemed a little bit suspect. And it was kind of like, you could have got that from any, you, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. They um, were a dodgy company as well. They yeah, they were the very dodgy. They were yeah, emails if you were, to anyone who wanted him. <laughs> exactly. If you could go on Google and find these people in a few clicks, that's not who you want to go to. And oh, I don't know, but it, oh, at the same time, it sort of feels a bit late now. You know, I almost like, if, if Keanu isn't even around anymore, so I don't really care who Albie's father is in a lot of ways. You know, it kind of feels, it kind of feels more, more natural for, for 
for I mean, because because the thing is, Phil's also got Raymond, so he's kind of got that story going on. You know, he's already got like a new young kid to be dealing with. I don't think he needs another one at the same time. No. But I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. But if this kid does, <laughs> if this kid does turn out to be Denny's, then it's gonna. It, I, 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 um, I don't know. It just seems a bit. It, I don't know. Thirteen years old. I suppose it does happen. It does happen. I suppose. And if any kid was gonna do it, I suppose I can imagine because Denny wasn't exactly the brightest of children, was he? So I don't know. It's it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Yeah, I suppose. But it does feel like. It does feel like a bit of a rewrite for Denny because I don't think he was ever shown like did he ever shown kind of any interest toward I don't think no no and he didn't really show any interest in girls all he cared about was kind of like bullying or being bullied you know what I mean it's like it's kind of it's kind of come out of the blue a little bit that if this should be Denny's kid what how and why did this happen I mean it might get explained perfectly to us if this is the story of course we shouldn't no we could know, be talking complete rubbish this, and this know, could genuinely but, be Zach's. Exactly. I hope it's not Zach's though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, yeah, very right. interesting, very interesting. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. We'll see. Mm. So that was EastEnders in a nutshell. Um, like, you, like we said at the top of the show, it's a huge shame that they didn't basically do anything Halloween-y. Huge shame. But we do have to give out some congratulations and we're going to do that right now on the final part of the show, which is I Ain't Want to Gossip. You know me, I ain't want to gossip. This week on I Ain't Want to Gossip, we just want to extend our congratulations to Jazz Doll, who uh, on Friday night found out that he had won Best TV Character at the Asian Media Awards. Now, this 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 is a big deal, actually, because mm. like there was a lot of people in the category from Coronation Street, uh, from other soaps, and from all kinds of the TV spectrum, and Jazz Doll had won it. Um, you know, I I don't hide the fact. I love Karat and I love Jazz Doll and I would I would I would have voted him a million times over. Um, and so I'm very pleased that he had won it this I week. I probably did. Uh, on at the awards. And <laughs> yeah, lots of different email accounts that I have. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, I I mean I am really pleased for him and I think yeah. it's well deserved. And I think well it deserved. just goes to show that perhaps they need to do more with the Panasars on the mm. show because they seem to be woefully lacking at the moment, even with the whole um, uh, Suki's story with Honey. I just want more of the family unit rather than just individual members here and there. Yes. But did are you? How do you feel? How do you feel? Do you well deserved? Do you think? Oh, absolutely well else? deserved. No, no, he's a you? great. He's a great actor. He's a fantastic actor, and Kira's a great character. Who's really slotted in well to EastEnders, um, and it's a fully deserved award, and it is a big deal because that's a really sort of sought after. Um, award and uh, good for him I say I agree with you about the Panasars it feels like there's so much kind of waiting for us to find out you know we've got the whole thing with like the dad that's in prison and some house fire that went on that we were teased about weeks and months ago we've got the whole thing with Peter and Suki that's never been mentioned since you know there's so much with the Panasars that we're kind of waiting to hear more about and it's just being denied us and I really want I hope that 2022 is kind of the year of the Panasars and that by the time we get to Christmas 2022 we're kind of like oh enough of the Panasars god do you remember when we were talking about <laughs> Like, you know, god. oh god, more Panasar stuff, you know, because they're, they're such a great family and they're such a great unit, and there's so many interesting little threads there that they can pull. I want more, more. Um, but yes, no, a huge congratulations to Jazz. I assume that I, you know, and I'm sure you can thank Alex for the millions of votes that he sent your way. <laughs> no, it was a very well deserved um, win, <laughs> very well deserved win, uh, Jazz. Congratulations uh, from both of us, from all of us at Walford Weekly, and from our viewers and listeners as well. Who, by the way, Alex, can get in touch with us, and we will read your comments out next week. But we've overrun slightly this week, but we will read your comments and emails out. If you care to contact us on Twitter and Instagram at Walford Weekly, and you can find us on Facebook at Walford Weekly Podcast. On YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe and click the bell to get notifications about our spoiler videos. And you can listen to us on Apple, Podbean, Spotify or any of your favourite podcast sites. You can email us at robwalfordweekly at gmail.com or at alexwalfordweekly at gmail.com. We will be back same time next week in slightly more normal outfits. But until then, it is a spooky goodbye from me. And it's a frightening goodbye from me. Happy Halloween, everybody. Bye. Happy Halloween. Bye. <laughs>